Hey guys, welcome to the MC Anime Podcast. We cover anime, geek culture, Japanese aesthetics, and Asian studies. We are a multi fandom podcast, and you can expect to hear topics in your favorite hobby or fandom activity potentially. You can find MC Anime on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Also, please check out mcanimepodcast.com, our website. Furthermore, stay tuned in for another episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. MC here, and uh, we're back with Leslie again. Say hi and give a little about yourself. I I am uh, Les of the Less Is Made podcast. Who Mister MC himself likes to help me be uh get episodes good. He called the busy the guest. Uh, I am also a photographer and writer and. I'm trying to get my podcast to different things, and I'm working on it, and I work with great people like you, man. Well, I can't ask anymore. So, uh, today we're going to jump into a really interesting episode that Leslie's super excited for. The cultural that I am. significance of anime. So, with that being said, first, uh, just what does it mean to have culture with the entertainment that you love so much or like an anime property? You talking about me? What I what I think about the culture? Culture what do you think of, of the anime? Culture? Yes. Ah, well, I believe that they um a lot of animes when you watch some, especially with the younger uh, like children or like teenagers when they're dealing with adults, the seeing how they're always bowing and most of the time showing respect uh, is something that I know is really big in the Japanese society and that's something that they do pretty well in showing that you know respecting their elders so to speak gotcha so if you were given the chance to respect your elders you do it the exact same way or you do it any differently no I, I respect my elders to the fullest man because look I'm in my 30s I've learned a lot but you know <laughs> I, I'm just saying some of the some of the older my older co-workers with my day job they're actually, I've been at this job for about a year and are actually finally, you know, the guy's in his 70s and he's uh, like the same position, but he's actually walking me through how to do things instead of just me like trying to figure it out, you know? Gotcha. All right. Well, that's a good little snippet into the culture and Leslie liking his older people. Uh, yeah. So, with that being said, fun, man. the five points of the Konochal significance of anime is this where it started the origins the reflection of japanese society the influence of such society the global reach and the impact with the future prospects so just They're to cover people. the origins a little bit it all started from the 1940s do you know how it started actually uh, are you talking about how anime was like started the only thing I can say is, like you said, in the 1940s, is I'm sure right after World War II, the Japanese culture just started to explode with them being brought to a wider, to the Western world. So I can yeah. only speculate that that had something to do with it. Well, in the 1940s, uh, the huge 
war genre from after World War II was huge. So what a lot of times Japan did was spread its propaganda, how they were in the war, but also like their position in against the United States and other people. So they were pushed into a program, made it animated. United States, after they defeated them, when they were basically stationed and taking control of Japan and reestablishing the government for the democracy, they mm-hmm. let the manga slip in and the animation slip in and they thought it was just for kids. Well, it had a lot of mature overlays with it. And as a result, that's what pushed the envelope into them being so expressive, exaggerated characters, caricatures, stuff like that. So it was a satire. But after the war genre kind of ended, they started experimenting a little bit more. Then we get into like the 60s, where actually the first mainstream was Astro Boy. And we kind of basically start after Astro Boy, more on anime into what it is now. And so I'm trying to understand, you're saying that the Japanese government used kind of cartoons as propaganda during the war, and then afterwards... Because Japanese were spreading propaganda all the time in the war and after the war. But they were using well, yeah. this as a... of its the U.S. treatment of Japan at the time, the occupation. So like yeah. a, a protest to the occupation of Japan when the United oh, States was occupied. Okay, now, now I'm following you, now I'm following you. There was selling uh, their viewpoint, their VOV of the events after. So they were being expressive of the fact, pushing that message in. So I did not know that. A lot of the 40s and 50s, a lot of that anime is very symbolistic of the conflict, the, um, the girl drawn to scale, the characters, stuff like that. So it's very symbolic. I got you, I got you. Now I'm following. Yeah. Cause now it's pushed the boundaries in the envelope to actually include its culture. It still included its culture during this time period, but it now pushes it more into other stuff that they known for. Yeah, like so that's what? kind of the lens of the social, the cultural significance of the origins is the evolution of it, how it came to be in that media. Okay. And then like, for example, we have like the Yukiko e-prints, the manga, Involve into its own medium, its own visual and narrative techniques. I, I don't know that one, so that's why I'm kind of. Uh, the Yukiko prints basically like a like a a comic panel and like moving okay. pictures. So they were actually right. used that in manga as a way to push the medium into what anime is from that point on. And make it his own medium of expression. Okay. So I so, so manga wasn't around for a while. I didn't know if manga was after anime became a, a thing. Manga was before anime. Uh, the animations start was the films that were start making because there was the, you have to remember the greater animations were starting to take an effect after like the first anime releases like Bambi came out and stuff like that. The technology was getting to a point where you can show these animation panels on the screen itself. Oh, all right. So it was actually big for the time when it was doing it. Well, that, yeah, that right. Bambi. 
not Bambi, uh, Willie Steamboat was one that pushed the, the envelope <laughs> for that. So, yeah, like one of the first cartoons or whatever. You, you're talking about how they had were able to kind of have animated drawings and probably like kind of like a flip the, book probably back in the day. You ever seen those? All that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of the origins, how it evolves in the significance of the culture aspect. With that dipping into their VOV of how they were treated in the occupation during that time period to be democratic democratic they also became distinct in viewing its own storyline yeah it, it's funny how japan is basically like uh like england now they still have an emperor but just a figurehead so to speak so they're still they don't have an emperor anymore and they do well they still do they they still have an emperor what of that no they still have an emperor well what do you think they had during uh world war ii the emperor was still around well, the emperor was around to that point, but yeah, they still had an emperor. He's yes. the one that kind of helped, uh, you know, win World War II. Basically, you know, he he had a you know kind of reel in uh, the generals oh. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, because you know, in England, they 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 have the royal family, but they really don't do anything. They're just kind of like a figurehead, Oops. so to speak. They have a little bit of say, but their power is nothing really. At, a couple of countries still have, they still have monarchs or whatever, but it's just more of like the tradition, not running the country. Yeah, and true. Yeah. So, next uh, little topic we're going to cover is the uh, anime as a reflection on Japanese society. So, what I mean by this, think of anime as a mirror. It reflects what they have in their culture to what is going on, their customs, their tradition, their values. Anime is a mirror to the outside world looking in. I'm following. So as a mirror, what are some of the reactions when you hear that statement? A reflection in the mirror. Well, I mean, it's kind of like you're looking at yourself, you know, you know, you could, that's, that's basically what the reflection is, is you looking at a mirror so you can see yourself because you yourself cannot see yourself how you are. You know, you can't see your face from, from your eyes. You can like see from like your neck down, so to speak. That, that's and if you see a country's culture reflected in that media, like you see in a mirror, what does that do? Oh, yeah, I was getting into that. In a lot of animes, they play on kind of how the country is. In, in Japan, especially in a lot of fight scenes that they do, you know, with the samurai or swords, having a, a, a sword battle, there's a lot of honor among them. There's they still have that aspect in life of honoring your enemy, even though that you're fighting against them. They, a lot of enemies have like the the code of honor, you know. So when they're dueling, there's there there's like a level of respect, you know. If that makes sense. Now it makes sense because they put a lot of time in the craft of not only how they react, how society would be during that time period, the trends, but like everyday life into the medium itself. It kind of defines how culture is expanded on, but in a reflective type of way than just say, force it on you. They just put it there and you see it as you will see yourself in that reflection. Yeah, and uh, as many animated that I've watched, they also 
bringing in a point of family being very important. So that's also reflective of their culture. Do you know oh, that yeah. Japan, the family is a very, the very uh, serious thing for them, you know? And with the concept, I feel like when most people watch it, they feel like immersed into the show because of how connective connectivity it is to you to them back to the show back to the listener and the watcher yeah yes yes so its value as an entertainment is compatibility connectivity and speak of great ethos that appeals to why you like certain things the way you do it appears to that ethos type entertainment is not really trying to say not trying to persuade you to do something is that trying to get you logistics it's trying to you be related to the show and have a different understanding to it to like it a capability to it yeah i mean as you watch anime it's also reflected on the country is that the women there have a very strong sexual like tension and the guys are idiots right sir Oh come on! Every anime you see that the 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 female badass characters are overtly sexual towards the male characters that they like, and the male characters have no idea what to do because they're idiots. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Fine. I agree with that one. <laughs> I, I and I don't mean that that's how it really is. I'm just saying it as a joke because I I, I don't yeah, know how well, that's, I don't that's know that's how dating is. Japan. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Japan, when it comes to dating, is very conservative. Family is very conservative. Family is important. Uh, getting the approval of the family is very important. But uh, also, doing things out of the norm or to get attention, if it's not normal, why should you do it? You get like a shame factor. Sometimes they you don't want like you to stand out. Fun? They want your hair to be plain, no like highlights or hair dye or tattoos, all that stuff. They want you to just be a normal looking person. They don't want to stand out too much. Well, if that's to reflect of the culture, then why why do they have like this bright blue, bright purple, bright pink hair? <laughs> if that's have, they don't want to stand out in of the values because that's still there but also most of the time anime is what you ever want it to be so the visionary of the curator creates any conduct of the world itself with the crazy hair with the lavender hairstyle all that stuff do you have so some crazy hair changing the filter it doesn't have to be a traditional view necessarily and then and uh -huh. also in, in anime it's more accustomed to go out of the norm let's say because of the fact you are being expressive so you do not conform to this good traditional conserve values in your own culture you can go out of that envelope a little bit and push it more so because the narrative the care umbilates the essence of the society with the insights to the nation's history folklore and the the philosophies so it's a, it just doesn't have to always be a hundred percent reflective it should just be a somewhat reflective if that makes any sense yeah and and i'm sure that when they make animes the 
animate the animators and the creators of these things they kind of want to take li uh certain liberties uh, when they're creating an ad the animation to have a little fun with it you know so to speak showing their own creativity with it you know instead of because i'm i'm pretty sure like a japanese movies and stuff that they don't really have a lot of crazy hair or or you know stuff like that you know it's yeah. they are very I feel like in anime, they can kind of get away with things a little bit more as as it is. It, it is just animation in a cartoon. It's, it's not like what it's uh, thing you want it to be. Yes. So, but yeah, that's kind of like the reflection on Japanese as a society through the, sh through the lens of anime. Now we get to the actual influence. So the reflection and influence are two different things. The influence is the the various aspects of society into pop culture. Okay. Like the fame communities, the conventions, the cosplay events. You have a, you're well, fostering right. a sense of longing among aficionados or enthusiasts to actually play that part. Yeah. I mean, I know of several different kinds of cultures or ways that they do it. Like you have the, the, the maid cafes is a big <laughs> thing. Uh, a lot of the idol that they have going on and i don't know how to the how to say it correctly but i think it's lolita or something like that that's also a big thing that has an influence of <laughs> like the old school uh victorian style outfits that the the fans of that style like to wear and they have their own like little okay. thing that they do and i also feel that the influence of anime has had a, an influence on japan itself with the rise of like all the bubble bubble bubblegum pop princess type things the crazy hair the bright colored outfits the you know the kind of like that rave vibe that goes on you know if you i'm sure you've heard the japanese uh, j-pop stuff like that it, it's very uh, uh electronic base to it you know well j-pop is a really big influence because upbeat music fast rhythmic to the point where it's a high-grossing uh, genre. With yeah. gay pop, when you think about it, our pop is more upbeat, you know, more simplistic approach, but, you know, repeated phrases. Well, J-pop and, you know, its version of K-pop as well, typically goes with uh, a huge rhythmic sound of music, but also having that delivers with it. Very happy upbeat or sad upbeat but giving a definite message where our pop sometimes can lack that message yeah so that's why you know karaoke is such a pastime over there yeah that's also true because i do know a lot of karaoke bars that i've been to are very very uh a lot of their clients or people that go and do this are of Asian and probably mostly Japanese descent or whatever, and it's fun. They they have fun with it. Oh yeah, and with them doing it, it actually provides a escape. And this is why it's you have like, different things like that. Yeah, I, I believe that like people uh in Japan going out to a karaoke bar and hanging out with some friends and drinking, it's like the 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 american version of going out to a nightclub to you know with some friends and meet people or whatever you know you're kind of having a little escape true 
But don't forget it's... the tourist attractions as well. Real life attractions based off the animated show in being afraid from a show medium to real life. People love the theme merchandise. With yeah, I mean, like I said before, a maid cafe, you know, you see a lot of those in animes and they have them in real life, you know? That's very big apparent of it. What you know the different yeah. landmarks, the different destinations. People love going to that because of the influence. The influence is a direct correlation to people visiting that site for whatever property made it either profound or very favorable to the people to go visit in real life. That that's because another way to talk about of the culture. So the landmark is a big part of it that's why a lot of the anime use real life locations of the in the anime to what actual japan is and it's also true they were talking about mount fuji and um all the dish all the different districts in uh tokyo that you see that's why it's very evident of the fact that the culture is so significant to them that they use their own geographic location as the base and don't necessarily always deviate from it they do deviate from their own world but generally speaking the protagonist always going to be some place in japan as the mainstay as home base and everywhere else is just playing along with that storyline and most of the time the setting is in japan anyway very few yeah, times they deviate medium or pattern yeah or they have their own world but a lot of anime that are they are have something to do with Japan. You're right about that. No example of that would probably be like an entire world builds totally separate that's not based on Japan. Those typically are the, are the shows that kind of follow that pattern. You know, yeah. where the lore and the world building is so vast that it's totally different. But they use elements in that world to take inspiration from. Yeah, like they'll have like a, a mystical or magical world and. They are kind of related to something that's actually in their home country. So, so yeah. I totally get what you're saying there. And, you know, sometimes the, the inspiration is so minute that it goes to show you this. If a fox was the entire setting for this major character, what was the real premise? It being the fox or the fox originating everything else from that concept. Are you saying what the what did the fox say? Well, in this contents, like, for example, um, the main storyline of Naruto is the Ninetales Fox. Ninetales is generally longevity, long-lasting, forever, immortality in the folklore. But just because there's one character, the idea of a fox is very... The Jinchuriki system, the Drake Tail Beast, spirit monsters actually coming alive with so much power, being so dedicated to the folklore that it branches it off as the entire building point for that makeup of that character in the storyline. They take abstract concepts and turn it into a grand plan. Yeah, that's what I like about it, and that's the influence it takes. Sometimes it can be influenced. Oh, maybe having a world based in music is not so bad. But let's take no. this, for example. And uh, 
apply a world of a leader of a nation and totally turn 360 on it. So the influence is felt also in like fashion. Anime is huge on the fashion industry. If a character looks a specific way, people are going to take after that character and dress like them or be in a similar version as their own style. Now, maybe for the cult of fashion, why are the female outfits a lot revealing and then the guys' outfits, for the most part, are just kind of boring? Um, there are some flashy costumes with the men. Oh, yeah, no, Those no, are there, there are some animes out there where they have some, like, kind of weird outfits and you're just like, all right, well, cool, goes, man. <laughs> I, I know it goes both ways. I'm just, I'm just talking out my backside, man. I... Yeah, the guys, yeah. The guys have really uh, outfits too, and it, I think it's it, it all depends on the anime or the animators or the directors. But yeah, uh, the the outfits are always flashy with all sorts of stuff. Like I have an outfit, and they have super long sleeves, and that's how they fight. Or like their shoes are like super pointy, and you know that their their hair is like fully down there, and they have like a a, a like a three foot you know, freaking hairpin or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I the outfits like are a little outfit will probably be uh, something like bunny ears with a tracksuit from the yeah. 80s. And yeah. then you have your leg warmers. And you totally like in a 24th century getup with a wig that's like going super tall and you just like here i am who cares who i am i'm here to stay (laughs) yeah yeah i I mean yeah you're right yeah it's just weird stuff maybe your hair is like combed out like a little overlay and you have this little bang that will always stick up and that's you just feel like (laughs) you're sick or or like like somehow you know that guy the uh the females have like big old like uh two uh hair um hair bonds and they like they're they have Easily. like one strand of hair that like goes all the way to the length of their body where the rest of the hair kind of like stops in the middle of their back or guys have like a like a three foot uh you know fro that go that goes straight from the top of their head you know it's that that, that stuff is wild it, it's just funny Exactly, and you can't pu- you you can try to pull it off, but you're not you're not going to be like them. No, definitely. There are some hairstyles that I'm just like I don't know how. Watch some cosplayers pull it off. I'm just like, how do you do that? You know, just being authentic, trying to uh, go with you know what you think. But yeah, that's some of the influence. Uh, that's more of the best examples to go with. It. Now the global reach and the impact is interesting. Because beyond the domestic, it's gained immense popularity around the earth. It's an, an mm-hmm. integral part of global pop culture. Look what's going on with the U.S. That's all I gotta say. And then now they have animes coming out like uh, Castlevania, which is based off of European stuff. You know, they have quite a bit of Euro- European style uh, or stories. That are being made into anime, like the Stay Fate Night se- uh, d- different series that oh, yeah. they have it out. But they draw inspiration. So they'll do, uh, they'll challenging what their storytelling is. And, like, for example, like, uh, 
Johnny Appleseed. They have an entire story of that one. And they're just like different versions like of that character in that media. They can take it. It's like, that okay, is, this is our version of it. This is our spin. I'll stick. It's also a good way of kind of, you know, a- anime's doing that, taking parts of other cultures and kind of making stuff with it. Also kind of connects them with other groups of people, other societies, you know, and that that's also kind of, it goes both ways, I feel like, you know. And then you get like popular phrases like, oh, if I want to get my ultimate goal, then I'll be like the One Piece. Or, I don't know, maybe I want a wish granted. There you go. You have your own ball that did your wish along the way. But like, the it resonates with the people and a good global reach of the impact is like nerdcore music music you recognize but it's in the lyrics itself yeah i mean since we're talking about the global reach of anime just look how much like culture has come from all the way from pan and korea and it's coming over into the u.s now going over into you know the europe and I think even up into Canada, not just the U.S., but I mean, it, their culture is all over. We have the the, the types of candies. Um, like I, I think Haichu was originally a Japanese candy, and now it's big in the states. Uh, the ramen noodles, even though the ramen noodles that we have here are nothing compared to like real ramen noodles that they make, <laughs> and just stuff like sushi. Sushi has a real in the past like probably 20 years or so has been become a big thing in uh in this country and that's all yeah, and to that's Japan. the um, exchange of culture so the exchange yeah. of culture with the global reach is why we have such international release of expectation in adaptation that we apply and put into something else and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it good to see the global culture with their own spin. They they understand what that culture is, and then put it their own, and still change to do what Japan is. Because now I mean, we have the proliferation uh, of like fan art, the cosplay, the growing acceptance of Japanese culture in other countries being a, a milestone in that global reach and impact stage. And fan art's interesting for the simple fact that any character is now being recreated in the in someone else's own image and their own style. Always changing. What is one thing in the global reach that you really love to see more of? Oh man. How are you gonna ask me that question? I'm like caught off guard here. Uh exactly. You don't know what I'm gonna ask. Sometimes you come up with a good question and I have nothing to say for. I guess just you know i, I want to see more that's taken into place is you got to respect just the respect you know japan has a a culture of respecting things and i feel like especially in this day and age right now with everything going on there's just not a lot of respect that goes on and i don't want to sound I'm not trying to be all political just but respect goes both ways you know if you respect people and they should respect you back there's always a common thing that you can find with somebody from a different culture or a different way of life or whatever you know and it's just the the whole thing of just respect to have an understanding respect them as a person respect them for what they do in their own country 
might not understand it. You might not like it, but I do know in Japan that they, there's a lot of respecting of other cultures and you, you know, I, I wish we'd probably see something like that. You know, I wish would uh, be partaking globally now. The more assimilation, people understanding something, do it the anime way. It's like, you know what? If the bad guy can be a best friend to the character later on, why can't we just do that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's that you bring that up in anime. Sometimes the, a bad guy can also become your friend, you know, because there's always a bigger threat out there. Something like that. You know, we don't necessarily need to fight everybody. You can also... A am I opposed to fighting? No, but I mean... Sometimes you, that's all you that's all you can do. That's the only choice you have. All the time you can try not to, you know. But and and that's what I like about Japanese culture is they will sit there and try to figure out some kind of cordial way. But if not, they will sit there and fight for their beliefs, you know. And even though they're fighting against someone they have nothing but respect for, it's just the way it is, you know. And something like that, the, it's just the talking battles. The, the, the characters talk so much in the fight that they're trying to fight with words and battle at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah, when they're in the middle of the fight, they're like, I'm doing this for... The... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't get that the yeah. will be justified to do that. Yeah, that's like every anime ever, you know? They always have when they're going on the attack and they're, you know, beating out the bad guys, like, I'm doing this for this, and I'm doing this for my friends. Power of friendship. You know? <laughs> the one moment you got treated bad doesn't mean you should treat, take control and try to destroy everything or control everything. Right, your right. way of, right. your way of, your purpose and motivation is not there. Oh my gosh. Dude, go ahead. Better side. And then you see the flashback of the villain and mid fight and it's like, Ah, you drag it out. Yeah, they make you want to feel bad for the bad guy or whatever. Yeah, I get it. True. In your case, you're just not gonna feel bad. You're just gonna like, oh, I can respect that. Yeah, but like, yeah, I can respect where you're coming from, but you know, you're still kind of the bad guy here. So, so that's the global reach and the impact of what is done in our society. What are some future prospects that you think will happen? In your lifetime, it'll be 20 years from now. Future prospects as in, like, what? Are we talking about, like, animation? Future getting, prospects um, for the industry, for the continua continuation of the growing of it. You know what I think um, might happen sooner rather than later is hologram animation. Well, I mean, we have the technology make it look yeah. really realistic. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. Like, you already have, you're already bringing back, like, you there's holograms of going to a concert and seeing Michael Jackson or Tupac Shakur. Like, pretty pretty soon, I think we'll be able to have, like, these cool holograms of watching an anime, but it's, like, 3D and kind of, like, taking place in, like, real life or whatever. You know, the actual on location and watch, like, an anime battle happen or something. I feel like that might happen sooner rather than later. True. And also, I mean, we also have more cross cultural exchanges that's going to keep happening and it's going to probably catch up to a point where it's going to be you know almost live simulcasting effect from both cross-cultural references in that country to this country 
And that's going to continue to form. And also, you know, it's still being apart from other animations out there. The art style, the, the techniques for storytelling, the cultural context being the selling point. And another future prospect that might be good is kind of like the translations coming from like <laughs> Japan to like an English audience, you know, with especially if you like watching stuff subtitled like I do some uh, from time to time is maybe somehow figuring out better of like what they how it's supposed to look in English from a Japanese uh language to how and the translations can kind of a little bit better as technology and stuff get you know it's better with it you know what I mean sure there's plenty of animes you watch on the subtitle you like I kind of understand what they're saying. They're just kind of saying it in like a odd tone or odd way of saying, but you still get the gist of it. Oh, yeah. And it's going to continue to have that deep root cultural significance that we all know and love for the media growing on everyone else. True. I feel like it, it could be that bridge. It connects the culture, but it fosters a deeper understanding and the appreciation of Japanese traditions and values for us to continue to enjoy down the line. Yes. So, with that being said, what is probably a concluding statement you want to say about the cultural significance of anime in today's episode? What I want to say is that how anime you see in Japan and how Japan adds a culture is different. Don't want to go over there, especially if people are visiting. It's I know it's something that's been kind of going on for time time to go over there. You want to go and respect their culture. Like, Please respect their culture and, you know, don't look and you go, like, you, you're going to go there. It's going to be Max and Magic Girls and dudes, uh, you know, and uh, running around uh, fighting monsters and demons and slime. It's not like that. This kind of... You know, respect the culture if you go to be a tourist. Uh, you know, respect other people's different uh, takes on anime to what they like and what they don't like. L like I said, just respect it. everything that goes into it. It's an art form. It's some people, it's a way of life. Just kind of re respect it. That's all, I guess, in this today. Your biggest stick is respecting? Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I I'm saying that is that... Oh, it's going to continue to grow. I hope more animes come out that are going to be pushing the bounds of animation or, you know, society kind of bringing in new ideas. And when more come out, I want things that I can fall in love with, characters. I want to see cooler cosplays and keep that up. I want to see variants of old, old school, new school. I, I, I like the way that, the, uh, that it is. As it is, but sometimes the culture can be a little toxic, and I, I wish we can, you know, minimize that to a to a degree. Well, true, and also another thing going forward, uh, the longevity of the episode mid mid. They're not going to be super short, but they're going to be just long enough. You can get into at least two hundred episodes, three hundred plus chapters, stuff like that, and. uh the long-form media, as anime used to be, is not necessarily the point where it was was before. That is true, too. So with that, keeping in mind, seeing anime as a lens, as 
a pebble in water. You see a reflection, you throw a rock in, and your, your reflection gets distorted. But after the distortion ripples away, as we call it, the ripple effect, your reflection will get back to normal. So after that rock gets thrown in, you might have a cultural awareness to what you've seen, but over time, you're going to see yourself as plain as day when it comes back to rest in the initial stage. If it's at rest, then the law of inertia states that there's not moving anymore. Unless a force of equal or opposite reaction comes along to push it along again. And one thing I would comment on, take it where it is. The entertainment is telling a story. It's appealing to your pathos and your ethos most all the time. Sometimes it's your logos, but... It's a form of entertainment. The purpose is behind it. The purpose is to entertain at the end of the day. You relate to it. You resonate with it. Someone else might resonate differently. But in that moment, you're liking it for what it is. As a form of entertainment that you will like to see, try for more. And overall, have appreciation for the media. Just like any other entertainment out there. But yeah, that wraps up this episode. Uh, Leslie, where can they find you if they want to support you and all that good stuff? Well, you can find me hiding in the shadows of dark alleyways, uh, flipping a nickel and uh, smoking a nice cigar and reading a manga off of my phone. And don't forget, what he's doing the coins in his, of the nickels. If you've upset him, he does it so much great force that it's, uh, it's a, uh, air pressure way in disguise. Exactly. I can flick that nickel so fast at you, it's like getting pierced by a twenty-two bullet. Now, uh, you can find me... <laughs> you can find me on uh, Spotify, any place where podcasts are for my podcast, The Lesson Made. Which I'm gonna be having you, your uh, an episode we did recently uh, being posted tomorrow. The, you can find me on the internet anywhere. It's either uh, my name Leslie Madewell or Madewell Art Photography. You can find all my stuff there. That that's best. And uh, yeah, that wraps up the uh, culture significance of anime and Japanese society and the reflection lens that we have and everything else that goes with it. So with that being said. This was a conductive episode. I liked it so much. I even got the nickel-loving Leslie over here to say who he is and why he is. And all the stuff in between. You're a very nice man. Exactly. With that, crazy hairdo can go to the anime. Alright guys, see you later. This concludes another episode of MC Anime Podcast. MC Anime Podcast is available on podcast directories like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. We also have our website at mcanimepodcast.com. If you want to directly support us, then follow Patreon blog MC Anime. Finally, if you want services for hire, then we're available on Fiverr for audio and video production, graphic design, idea consulting, and blog and article writing. 